Welcome to the 255th episode of the So Video Games Podcast, where we talk about any game at all, including new stuff, old stuff, and anything in between. If we are playing it, we'll be talking about it. Today we are recording on October 20th, 2021. My name is Brad Galloway. I am the editor of GameCritics.com, and 50% of this here show with me is the man who's been tweaking the settings, Carlos Rodella. Yeah, wait, what am I tweaking? The settings. <laughs> the settings of the podcast? I mean, any settings. You're a tweaker. You got settings. Uh, I don't know if I want to be called a tweaker. <laughs> well, we have been doing some video lately, which is something we haven't been doing. I know you're doing some testing before the show. Right. Okay. I've been like, you know, working with the video editing. Yes, I've been doing some of that. If you want to put it that way, sure. How's it going, Carlos? Good. How are you doing? Not bad. Looking forward to today's show. Lots of stuff to talk about as per usual. Um, you want to just jump into it? Why don't we just jump into the episode? Let's just go right into the episode. Let's just go right into it. And as we usually do in every episode, let's start off with a little bit of housekeeping. You and I share a house. It's split down the middle by a strip of duct tape. My side, I actually have a couple things this week. Not huge things, but a couple. Usually nothing. And on your side, I'm guessing you probably got at least a couple things. What do you got this week? I have many boxes. Um, I tried to clear it out last time. There's old pizza boxes. There's uh, sub sandwiches. I don't even. I, don't I mean, that's the same them. pizza box from like two episodes ago. You got to throw that it out. It is, or it could be a new one because I do like pizza. No, I recognize those anchovies, bro. It's in the same little star <laughs> pattern that it was last time. You haven't. You haven't moved it. Well, you've just already like messed up your whatever your ploy here is because I ne- would never order anchovies. Well, then ever. it must have been from the tenant before you. Then I think that's more <laughs> likely the case. No, I have a lot of boxes, uh, and I have one huge box that's a tangent box. Uh, should we open the tangent box first, or should we just open the small ones? I'm letting you drive, man. Whatever whatever you want to do, let's go. It's like Christmas. I'm going to ask you. Which one do you want to do? I say start, I usually, for Christmas, I start with the small stuff and then save the big thing for last. Good idea. So what we're going to do is the little pre- uh, presents. Well, they're not presents. They're little tangents. Uh, Elden Ring footage got leaked. Did you see it? I did not see it. I'm kind of staying away from that game. Uh, like, full disclosure, 100% going to play it. Planning to play it in co-op with my wife. We're both Souls people. Uh, I mean, like, we play Souls, but I don't know that I want to say, excuse me, that we're Souls people, because I don't know that we're that extreme, but we do enjoy the games. I do want to play it with her. Um, but I'm kind of, like, staying away from that. I'm not really going to jump in. Just kind of, like, you know, going dark into it. You know what I mean? It's probably best, because I did see the footage, and... I mean, again, it's early footage. You're not supposed to be looking at it now. It got leaked, et cetera. But it doesn't look great. Really? In what sense? Like graphically? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it just looks like an old school. It looks like, a, I guess, now generation game or I don't know. When you see that early trailer, didn't they show like a teaser trailer for that a while ago? And Yeah, there was a brief trailer, sure. And it was like more cinematic, you know, and a lot yeah, of that kind was. of stuff. It was. just can be like, you know, oh, I think it's going to be great because of this like not really gameplay. So when they just showed, again, this leaked footage, I'm sure it's like alpha or whatever, it just looked like not awesome. Uh, I mean, you know, people always say, I mean, I'm not a developer, but I hear a lot of developers tell me things are a mess until like two weeks before you ship and then all the pieces come together. I don't know if that's true. I I mean, I haven't seen this footage that we're talking about, but I mean, honestly, though, I don't think that FromSoft has really been known for its graphics, though. They've always been a little bit on the rough side, as far as I'm concerned. It's true, but that Demon's Souls update, you know what I mean? Like, it just seems like that thing looks so beautiful, and you're like, whoa, next gen, and then I saw this, and I was like, ooh. So, okay, let's just say they have a lot of work to do in the graphics department, and they're going to probably do that later on, 
But from what I saw, you didn't miss anything is all I'm saying. Yeah. Well, just as a, as a side note to that, they are taking applications for uh, beta testing. I believe it's a closed beta. You can sign up at like whatever website you find that game at eldenring.com or I don't know, I don't, whatever, like Google it, you'll find the sign up, but it's happening soon. So if you want to get in on that, there's still time. By the time you're hearing this podcast, there will still be time to apply for the closed beta if you want to do that. Cool. All right, people, check it out. Uh, and maybe it'll look different or you'll watch it progress. Uh, something that looks amazing right now, and again, kind of to my point, which is also an alpha stage, is this game called Project M. I'm not sure if you heard about it. I have not heard about it. You but should it just is... Google it and just All look right. at the video. Project we... M. Okay, I'm going to Google it. It's just, you know, it looks, again, kind of like a potential Souls-like or an RPG, and it just looks beautiful. I have a 4K screen. I'm very lucky on my computer, so they they drop footage in, in 4K. Oh, yeah, that looks just like Souls. Right, but it looks beautiful. And so it's like if you put that picture of anything from that footage, again, we don't know the timelines of development here, but I'm just excited by whatever this Project M is now because it just looks awesome. So I mean, I totally, I totally get the excitement, but I, you know, I may have my issues with FromSoft, and boy, I do have issues. Like, I'm not one of those people who thinks that they walk on water, right? Like, I, I like their games. I have a history with their games, long history with their games, um, but I do not think they're perfect. I have a lot of issues with them as well. But like, I gotta hand it to them; they really do have that gameplay dialed in, right? And like, a lot of people want to get some of that pie. They want a piece of that FromSoft pie, and they just can't bring the gameplay. They just don't get it. They just don't have the capacity so it's easy for games to look cool and kind of ape that same style but man it really it really just comes down to how does it feel and does it like you know like get you in the guts you know that's really where FromSoft excels and i not many people can do that yeah totally and again i'm you know more to, uh took taken by the the action rpg games anyhow yeah so this thing could go either way who knows what it is maybe they're not trying to like do the, the FromSoft thing um but either way it just looks great and Remember that asterisk of why I'm like impressed by the graphics because that's in the big box tangent later on. Okay, all right. More little boxes, real quick. Uh, Grounded from Obsidian, which is a um, I don't know if it's free to play, but it's, it's on that, Game Pass. It's on Game Pass. Is it a Game Pass? Okay. Yeah. Multiplayer. Uh, you're a shrunken down little person, like a I guess a child. It's it's Honey I Shrunk the Kids the game. That's exactly what it is, and. You know, I don't have any want to do that, <laughs> never have, but it's Obsidian and I love them. So they, I just saw that they're putting out an update called Hot and Hazy, a DLC, and they're going to add a bunch of RPG elements to it. Mm. And I'm like, you guys do that great. So am I going to play Grounded now? I mean, I'm all about it when it's done. You know, I'm not much for like early access and beta. Oh, and like, yeah. That game's been out for like, I don't know, like a year and it launched with like a couple of features and then they added like some water and then they added mushrooms and they added spider like they're I mean, cool, cool, cool. But like, I, I don't care. Like, I don't want to get half the experience and kind of like go as much as I can and then stop and then something new gets added and then maybe redo my progress. Like, like, fuck all that. Like, just give me the finished product. I've got so many games to play. I just want the thing when it's done. So I'm excited yeah. about it. I definitely want to play it. Like, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids is a cool thing. The graphics are cool. The idea of playing with your partners is cool. I could play with my son and my wife. Um, that yeah, seems exciting true. too. But just give it to me when it's done. I don't want. I don't just want like a piece at a time. I want the whole meal. Well, because it's on Game Pass, like you said, I'll be the guinea pig, like I am for this podcast all the time. Yeah, and I will just go and play it for a little while because, um, again, I like stats. 
I like leveling up stats. And if you got that for me and I can play it for free on Game Pass, I'm going to try it. There you go. Uh, and also Obsidian, I think, is really far in the works on um, Outer Worlds 2. I heard that from someone. Oh, that's like, definitely, definitely in the process. That's for sure. Yeah. Uh, one other thing, I think, another small box was uh, just Indie, Indie Gaming Guild. Like we always mention uh, the other podcast that we love, Gaming in the Wild. Uh, oh, yes. I, lo- I love that. I love Indie Gaming Guild on YouTube. And his name is Jeffrey, and he's awesome. He always plays pretty much every indie game. So I learn a lot of the, the games from him. And I learned about Into the Pit from him. Oh, yeah. That just hit Game Pass today. Just hit uh, Game Pass. Yeah. Well, it hit Game Pass yesterday because I played it. Oh, night. was it yesterday? I'm sorry. I'm, yeah. yeah, that's right. Because today's Wednesday. That's correct. Yes, Yesterday. It's a first-person rogue-like game. Uh, normally, you know, I run away from roguelikes that are action-based. But it's that simple first-person shooter Doom-style game with very, very like limited graphics. And you shoot from your hands. So it's like your weapons are, you know, energy and magic and stuff. Uh, it's pretty fun. Anyways, it's just like a simple good time. If you have Game Pass, there's no reason not to check it out. Give it a shot. Um, and I don't like roguelikes, and I'm playing it. So check out Into the Pit. Cool. Uh, and then I think, oh, yeah, I mentioned Gaming in the Wild. He was talking about Lake, which is, it's officially on, it's out, right? And it's on Game Pass? or I no? I believe it's on Game Pass. Yeah, I think it is. Yeah. Um, we should play that because we keep talking about it. And I saw he said he finished it, so... I'm very excited about it. It's been on my list for a long time, and I believe I already have it downloaded. But I heard that it was a little bit buggy when it launched, and I was like, I really want to enjoy this and have fun with it. And I'm kind of um, frustrated with buggy games lately. I've been having a lot of um, issues with saves and bugs and stuff. So I'm just like, I just, I'm not into that scene. I want the finished, polished product that works. I just want ease, plug and play, let's go. So I really, really, really want to play Lake, but I'm waiting for it to be like done, 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 and I'm giving it some time to mellow a little bit. Okay. Uh, and one more thing was uh, there was supposed to be uh, some info on Fable. Well, that's, that's what everybody think, I was thinking for a while there because Microsoft like teased something on a tweet like, hey, we're going to talk about Fable kind of maybe. And then they deleted those tweets. <laughs> and then they sent another tweet out and said like, no, we have no info on the new Fable. So I'm wondering what that's about because obviously they're working on it. Interesting. I bet somebody got yelled at. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's probably I, like, I, uh, I want to officially give my sympathies to whatever employee at Microsoft inadvertently tweeted that. If you are still at Microsoft, I am sorry that somebody chewed your ass out and that could not have been fun. My, my heart is with you, sir or ma'am or person uh, of any kind of uh, yeah. uh, persuasion. Like, hope you're, yeah. hope you're okay. You're right, because like, there's so many things in those kind of companies where you think you have the okay and yes. the go-ahead. Yes. And then I, someone yes. says, no, we're not supposed to talk about that. And you're like, yes. what? Yes. I recently, I'm not going to talk about the details, but I recently had a situation like that where I thought I had to go ahead. And I found out later that I did not. And I had a very uncomfortable series of conversations, which I never want to relive again, as long as, as, as long as I live. Yeah. Um, and then, okay. One more really small box, uh, TikTok, uh, you know, we're on the TikToks. Yes. Uh, these videos sometimes are going to be on the TikToks. First off, I apologize for last week. We were doing some testing, like you said. I was doing some tweaking, some video tweaking. I don't, I don't feel like you're really sorry. I am sorry. I don't feel it. Okay. Well, I'll get to being more sorry as I talk about it. <laughs> okay. But, <laughs> Build up uh, to it. I tried to record the video. It didn't come out great. So as you can see on TikTok, that's not the best footage. This episode, it's doing it right, I think. So the TikTok uh, videos will look better. So apologies to that. And the audio got messed up because I was I was just tweaking too much. 
Uh, so I'm done with that. And then one other TikTok piece of news, PS Memories. Check them out on TikTok if you're on that platform. PS Memories are like PlayStation Memories, and it's so cool to just be scrolling by and get some of those, like a real quick scene from Silent Hill 2 or, you know, something that like triggers a memory from the old school days. Are so, they just posting like little brief clips of like old school games? Is that yeah, what it is? Yeah, okay. yeah, that's it. And um, I don't know if it's affiliated with Sony or not, but it's all, it's everything. It's like so many games. So check out PS Memories on TikTok. Right on. Uh, okay, let's go to you because then, I'll, then I'll save my huge tangent box. All right, after. just a couple of quickie things. Um, so first off, totally random, but I was thinking about Binary Domain today. Did you play Binary Domain? No, what is Binary Domain? Uh, so now that Yakuza is so hot, like everybody has finally, finally, after you know, like a decade or whatever, gotten on the Yakuza train. Uh, we just had the Like a Dragon, which was amazing. You know, people are like all about it now, right? Like people know of Ryu Ga, Ga, oh, shoot, Gaiu Gatoku <laughs> they Studios. They know so well that, you know. I know, I, I apologize. I think it's Ryu Ga Gatoku Studios. I believe I'm saying that right. I apologize if I'm not, but that's the name of the studio that puts out Yakuza. Anyway, I was just thinking to myself, now that Yakuza is so hot, now that people are on the train, they've got the collection, There's the games have been reissued, people are into them, Like a Dragon did so, so great, I think it's on Game Pass still. I, I want people to know that these, this studio made an amazing game like a while ago that nobody played. And it didn't get any attention at the time, but now that people are on the Yakuza train, this would be a perfect time to go back and say, hey, I really like the work that these guys do. If you do, here is something that you probably, like 99% chance, haven't played. It's called Binary Domain. Carlos, you haven't played it. I haven't. Uh, I'm going to Google it right now. It is a third person behind the back uh, shooter, kind of in a Gears of War kind of fashion. Uh, but there's also like uh, like missions. There's recruitable teammates. So there's a little bit of a Mass Effect flair to it. Uh, the story branches based on how you treat your teammates and which ones you choose to take with you. Uh, there's also a very heavy cyberpunk slash um, snatchers slash uh, Blade Runner vibe going through the whole thing. The whole story is about like these replicant robots who think they're humans and you are going through trying to take them out and figure out what's going on. I mean, it's a great game. It's got so many cool things about it. The story's great. The characters are great. The branching is great. A lot of really surprising things can happen with the story, depending on how you play. Um, a lot of cool moments, set pieces. I mean, it's just a fucking awesome game that like literally nobody played. And now that people are loving Yakuza and all about it, keep that love going go back and play some binary domain. It's on PC. Yep. I don't know if it's backwards compatible on Xbox. Um, I believe it's backwards compatible on PS five. I could be wrong, but it's out there, right? It's out there on consoles and it's out there on PC. Check it out. It's a wonderful game. One of my favorite games of that generation that like, I can't get anybody to play it. I, I tell people about it all the time and they just like roll their eyes and just like shrug whatever. But now that you know, you like Yakuza, if you like that, this is another awesome thing by those same people. Please go check it out. Yeah, right now it's on Steam. I'm looking at it. There's a demo also, which, you know, is great. Um, it's only like 15 bucks. Oh, my and, God. And Amazing it's like, price. It's like $16 for all the extra stuff, you know, like all oh the whatever yes, DLC. Yes. So $16 for everything. What are you doing? What am I doing? And now that I'm looking at it, I think I might have played either the demo or played it for a hot second because this came out in 2012. Yeah, I will say I will say one thing though. So this game is awesome, one of my favorite games. I give it like a wholehearted recommendation, right? But like one thing I just need to give a heads up on: when this game launched, they were still trying to leverage the PS3's 
audio features before developers decided they didn't want to do that. There was a couple games that came out around the same time that wanted you to like use your microphone, right? So like one oh. feature of this game is that you can talk in your microphone and say, hey, uh, whatever, Soldier A, please advance, and hey, Soldier B, please pull back. But you can totally turn all that shit off. I played the entire game with the voice off. You do not need it, right? It's just a thing Sony was trying. They paid these guys some extra to edit their game. Just ignore it. Don't be scared. You don't need a headset. Don't don't feel like it's going to be super gimmicky or whatever. You can just turn the whole thing off. Play it like Gears of War plus Mass Effect plus Blade Runner. It's a fucking awesome game. How long did it take you to finish it, by the way? Do you know? I mean, that was, I don't know. I played it when it came out, so that was, what, 10 more than... I mean, but like RPG length, like Mass Effect. It's length, probably or? like 15, 15 hours or something right. like that. I mean, if if I remember correctly, but it's fast paced, lots of action, cool characters. It's it's phenomenal. I will at the very minimum go play the demo later and uh, we'll talk about it next week. Play the demo. OK, so there's that. Um, let's see. Staying on the game tip for a moment. Uh, Max Gentleman Sexy Business. We talked about this on the show many moons ago uh, when we were covering um, adult only games here and there. This is an adults. It's not adults only. It is a real time kind of a clicker, kind of a visual novel um, set in like Victorian ish England. Uh, But there is DLC you can get that turns it into like an adults only game. So you can play like a vanilla version. Uh, or you can play like the spicy version. Uh, I covered the spicy version. Uh, I also gave it a full review at Game Critics. I am literally the only review on Metacritic for this game. Literally no one else has reviewed this game. Whoa. Uh, so if you go, I mean, I gave it like an 80 or an 85. I love this game. It's great. It's funny. It's clever. The mechanics are great. I got really sucked into just like um, taking over the business and kind of like you're in this competing business with other people and you want to take over this British town and, you know, be, be the biggest high roller. At the same time, there's like lots of sex in it and stuff. It's really funny, spicy. It's a great game. Um, I love it. And I knew at the time the developer was saying they were going to have some DLC because there was a couple characters you couldn't access at the time. But then COVID happened, right? COVID happened. And then all of a sudden, I don't know what happened with that, that person. The developer said they were struggling for a while. I don't know if they had you know, personnel problems, or maybe somebody got COVID. I don't know what happened, but basically COVID fucked them up like they fucked up so many people, and the thing just got put on hold forever. But I'm happy to say that that DLC finally came out. It is out. It is free if you have the game. So the game is, like, already on sale, I believe, or 10, 15 bucks or something. The DLC comes with it. It adds a bunch of new characters. It adds a bunch of new minigames. There's a bunch of new customization options. Like, it's a pretty, pretty beefy package, and I'm very excited to go back to that game. I was really looking forward to seeing the new characters, just just playing the game some more. It's just a really fucking fun game, um, adult or not. I mean, I think either way, whether you want the naked stuff or not, it's a really, really well put together game. And I find that those are always the best adult game uh, experiences where where there's actually a game there. Like, it's not yeah. just TNA, right? There's actually, like, a legit game. This is a legit game. I love it. I think it's super fun. It was on my top ten list, I think, two years ago, three years ago. Whatever year it came out, it was in my top ten for the year. I love this game. Please go out and buy it. Check it out. Download the DLC when you get it. Get the spicy DLC if you like that. If you don't, play it vanilla. But whatever you do, give it a shot. I think it's a really, really cool game. You know, I think that's actually a good point, the fact that they have vanilla and spicy. Yes. Meaning, yes. like, it's game first, right? Exactly, exactly. Anybody because can so get into many, it, yes. Yeah, so many adults-only games that we at least try to review on this uh, podcast, it is, like, adults-only first. Yeah. Um, although, that being said, I did like the action in Succubus, even though I didn't need all the other... Oh, that's true. Well, you mean, so there was a game there too, but I think yeah, I mean I think that's really the key, right? Get a good game, 
and then put some TNA on top of it or, you know, D if you want to go that route or whatever, any any combo of whatever you any want. Any letter you want. Any letter you want, but have a good game there first. And this game, Max Gentleman Sexy Business, totally has a very good game attached to it. And all the other stuff is just bonus, but it's all a great package. It's a really fun game. I really recommend it. So it's a great that. name. It's a great name. Love I love game. its name. Uh, okay, one more thing for me and then I'm all done. Uh, I just want to give a quick shout out to a TV show the family and I've been watching. Only Murder in the Building. Have you seen this? Yes, of course I've seen this. Oh, my God. So it has Steve Martin, Martin Short, and is it Ariana Grande? Is that her name? No. No. That's awesome. It, I, I want g- that to be the actual I thing am now. from a different generation. Who is who is in the show? It's, it's Selena Gomez. Selena Gomez. Oh, God, boy. Yeah. Jeez, that's embarrassing. Sorry. No, it's okay. Apologies Ariana... to both of those uh, pop stars. Um, Selena Gomez, right? Yes. Yep. Uh, it's really great. It's so funny. I mean, I love Steve Martin and Martin Short. I've loved them forever because I'm an old dude and I grew up with them on TV and in movies and stuff. And, you know, just the premise of these two old guys meeting up with a younger girl. All three of them are like murder podcast fans. A murder happens in their building in New York. And then they decide to start their own podcast and do their own investigation. It's stupid in a good way. It's goofy. It's funny. It's charming. It's sweet. It's like these two old masters of comedy just kind of just doing their thing the way that they want to do it. And then Selena Gomez is like bringing like the young blood, the new energy into it, kind of opening up to a new generation. Yeah. It's just a great fucking show. They just wrapped the final episode this week. So now you can download the entire series and just like, you know, just uh, mainline the whole thing if you want to. Just do a big marathon. Uh, I love that show. I think it's so good. And I'm so excited they're doing a season two. Uh, and I just I, I'm, I really love it. Big recommendation for me. Yeah, wholeheartedly. I haven't finished yet, but now that I'm excited uh, that it's all finished, I'm going to do exactly what you said and go and get the last few episodes. It ended strong, too. Like, it was a good ending. I really feel like they really brought it together. It was good stuff. Because uh, we don't really talk about shows a lot, but we should talk about them more. Um, just side note, I'm finishing Squid Game right now. Oh, which okay. Have, have you finished that yet or no? I did. I liked Squid Game a lot, but the ending was super disappointing to me. Yeah, I'm kind of feeling like that that was going to happen. But it's more about the journey. And I, I, I'm i like in episode six or seven, and there was some emotional moments that I wasn't oh, yeah. ready for. Oh, yeah. And I was like, oh, wow, it's going to go there. That's kind of cool. Uh, because you would think that without spoiling anything, you know, there's death in that in that show. And you would think that any show that has that, you know, there's going to be an emotional moment. But those kind of films of which we've seen a lot of me and I both, they don't always have like the actual emotion pull. Like sometimes it's just the outlandish pull. Right. right. And like it's just crazy what the situation is. But this one is like. You know, similar to Lost, I want to put it that way, where like you start to really care about these characters, uh, even though it's a much shorter of a series. And I'm like, oh, yeah, now I'm really, really feeling for some of these people. So um, I really dig it. And I had to turn off the audio uh, English version because that was just terrible. And it's just so much better with the actual Korean version. So yeah, I, I, believe I, I wholeheartedly tell people to do that yeah i think we watched the korean audio with um the english uh subtitles on it, yes. which is good it's a, that is i mean good. that's a great series it's great characters great setup gr- many great emotional moments they really go the extra mile in establishing like emotional stakes with these people i really like the show a lot that last episode wasn't terrible but man it was just like like it really All just right. didn't land for me but i will say um if you like squid game i talked about this on twitter Please go watch Alice in Borderland. It's also yep. on Netflix. It came out like a six months or a year, like maybe even a year before Squid Game. Kind of the same thing, but it's from Japan instead of Korea. And it's great. It's like the same kind of like death game thing going on. Uh, the characters are great. The action's great. And I will say the ending fucking got, they nail the ending in Alice in Borderland. Oh, I, I was interesting. like, we came to the final episode. I'm like, there's no way they're going to finish this. I was preparing myself for like a shitty ending. 
and they totally brought it. I'm like, oh my god, wow, that's satisfying. Okay. That's go check exciting. out. Yes, if you like Squid Game, and it seems like everybody in the world likes it, please go watch Alice in Borderland. is also on Netflix. Check it out. You will love it. Yeah, so I watched a pilot of that a while ago, and uh-huh. I remember liking it. So I guess you know I just didn't come back to it. So <sighs> good stuff. Uh, you know, you know, it's similar though. It, not to, on a, too much of a tangent, but you know, one of my favorite bands of all time is Nirvana, and when they came out, they shined a light on so many other indie bands, right? Yeah. Yeah, and so that's kind of what Squid Game is doing right now because you and I both have watched, I think, Korean, Japanese, tons sure. of like other um, types of films, and a lot of them from Asia. And you know, I think people are starting to be like, "Oh crap, I need to pay attention to this because there's some pretty incredible stuff here." So that's great. Yeah, yeah, good stuff. Um, there's a lot of great stuff out there. Please open yourself up to something other than American stuff. Yes. Now, my big huge tangent box. All right, what is it? It might actually not be that big anymore, but. Uh, I think it was it was larger in the beginning, and I, as I looked at it in the far, in the distance, it got a little smaller. It deflated a little bit. A little bit, like boxes do, <laughs> as they do. Um, no, I was just like as I was finishing Far Cry, which we'll talk about later, and as I was watching that footage earlier of you know that 4K demo, uh, Project M, and thinking about graphics, and then looking at Elder Ring and going like, oof, I don't really want to play that kind of game with those kind of graphics right now. I've got a problem, and the problem is, I I don't know, this is probably why I don't play as many Switch games, this is probably why I don't play as many uh, games that aren't open world, and you know, these massive uh, skill trees, and all these things to upgrade and do, I think I've hit this thing, it's almost like a technology thing, where right now it would be hard for me to go back to an old school TV that you have to change the channel, it's like that in my brain, I go... I want to sit in front of my the biggest TV or you know the biggest screen, which is my TV, and I want to have the most highest fidelity, and I cannot go back to thirty frames per second. Oh, I will not do it, and it has to be sixty frames per second, and I have to have a world that you know NPCs are better and better, and the action is more interesting and and varied. Like I've hit this weird wall where I need that. I don't know what's going on. It's hard for me to go back. In my mind, I know. I love indie games. I love simple, sprite-based games. But in my mind, if I want to like lose myself and actually play an experience, I, I, I don't know what happened, but I can't go back. I need only more and more when it comes to graphics, fidelity, NPCs, and AI. I mean, that's the way to be. That's there's plenty of people who feel that same way. I can't, I can't not feel it though. Like I remember, like I just played, finished Far Cry and Far Cry, not the best graphics in the world, very good. <clears throat> but at the same time, then I jumped into another game, probably one that we're going to review on the show, and I was like, oh, that's kind of fun. <laughs> but I wasn't like, I need to be immersed now. I don't know what's. Co- I don't. Is this even a thing? Should I not be be worried or? or- I mean, that's how many, many, many people feel. They want the newest, the best, the shiniest, the most K's, the most P's, the most whatever. I mean, that's pretty common. That's I know, I know, a- but I don't. Okay, I got cringy when I heard the word common because that's I never want to be that. But what I'm saying is, it's not about the fact that I want to like. It's not bragging or like you know. It's because of the experience, like the experientialness of even something like Far Cry. It like totally immersed me, right? Like, and I got in that world and I knew that I could level up some things and I knew that, you know, it just felt like I was all in, in that world. 
and you got invested in the characters. So there's some storyline stuff, you know, that I want out of a game. But then if I go to another game and I don't have that, I don't know. For some reason, it's just not as exciting. I mean, anymore. it's all about what immerses you, dude. I mean, I can get totally immersed in the most high fidelity, you know, graphics, bleeding edge kind of thing. Or I could be super immersed in a really pixely 2D something where I'm just really invested in what's going on. I mean, it just really depends. Everybody swings a certain way and it just seems like you're swinging more towards the bigger, better, shinier. I mean, that's fine. Many people feel that way. My question to you though is right now you're not playing Game Boy games. Okay. And remember we, we saw new games are coming out like talking about like, or making themselves like Game Boy games. And we actually mentioned on this show that we didn't want to do that. Sure. Yeah. That's, that's too far back for me. Too far back. That's all I'm saying is I feel like I'm jumping into the future and seeing that the games now feel like that to me almost. Some of the simpler ones. Sure. And that's totally, totally valid. I don't feel that way. I think I think your scope of what you're willing to play right now is probably a lot narrower than my scope right now, but that's totally fine. Like everybody can play whatever they want to play. Whatever it doesn't mean you're a play. bad person or it doesn't mean I'm a good person. It's just whatever you whatever you're feeling. All right, I guess there's no tangent there then. I just That's, felt like you just you just came out of the closet, bro. You just came out as like a as a bleeding edge graphics person. That's all. Yeah, but it's not just graphics. Remember, it's AI because AI can go a long way. So if it, the graphics weren't as good as another game and the, the AI was better, I'd still well, you're, okay. Play so you're 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 a, you're a newest technology dude. Then there you that. go, newest. You're it's a almost newest like nudist technology. Am I a nudist? Nudist. I mean, are you clothed right now? Yes. Okay, then you're not a nudist. So take that okay. off your list. But all the rest, that's what all you right. are. All right. I'm a newest. We'll, t- we'll title the episode, Carlos is a newest. Carlos is a newest. There you go. All right. Let's move on. You feel better? You feel like you got that off your chest? I, or how I, you doing? I don't know. I still feel confused. I guess oh. that's what happens. <laughs> I guess that's what happens when you try to like... Carlos, is he's searching. He's 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 questioning. He's, he's experimenting. Yeah, I we'll, guess I am. We'll update. We'll update. Whatever okay. feels good to you, Carlos. Like, no judgment, man. I'm in... I'm here to embrace you whatever way you whatever way you fall. Like it's all what good. I, what I'm saying is okay, and we'll take this offline or we'll, to the next episode. <laughs> but I didn't get to my point somehow and I didn't know how to get to it, so we'll get to it later because Did you still yeah, not make the point? I don't think I did. What was the point? Try again. I, I don't want to now. <laughs> okay. The, the moment's passed. That's the box totally is fine. Gone. Whenever you feel comfortable in a safe space, you wanna like you wanna, you know, peek a toe out of the closet again, you let me know, I'll be here to listen to you. All right. Let's just All talk right. about games. Let's talk about games. All right, folks. We got a lot of stuff today. Uh, for me, it's kind of an unusual show because I have a ton of real small experiences. And I got to be honest, like, I realize I have a rep for being like the negative guy or whatever. I feel like I'm probably more just like the honest guy. But in, this, in today's show. Whoa, whoa. You're saying I'm not honest. No, not you. I'm just saying like when people bring that to me, they're like, oh, I'm right. so negative all the time. And I'm like, well, I just say what I really feel. Yeah, you're just brutally just, honest. Yeah, I'm just, I just, I'm very honest, and that does not mean that I'm a bad person or I'm negative. I'm just telling you what I think. Anyway, the, uh, so today is kind of unusual in that I think there's only like, man, I feel like there's only like one game that I really liked, and the rest oh, of them geez. were kind of like fairly negative. So I don't want to bring that much, you know. I, I like to like have more of a balance usually, but this week is this week, and that's what it is, and that was on my plate. So that's what we're going to talk about. We'll get to that in a minute, though. Let's start off with you, Carlos. Uh, Tandem: A Tale of Shadows. Yeah, it's part of my ghastly and ghoulish games of October. Ooh, you nailed it. Nice. Thank you. Um, yeah, that's just one of them. It's not like super scary. It's uh, actually more kid-friendly 
This oh, was, really? Okay. Yeah, this is a game that's kind of kid-friendly, uh, which I have not played too many on this podcast. So, you know, opening my horizons, broadening Broadening, there you, broadening, horizons, there you go. It. So you play as a little girl named Emma, and she is trying to figure out a mystery of a missing magician, which all sounds very all ages to me. Starts and, off, sure. And she has to go through this mansion to, you know, figure it out. But it's also creepy, and there's monsters, and there's bosses, and it's a puzzle game mainly. So what happens is you and your little bear, who's also alive, you know. Like a, like a stuffed animal bear? Like a stuffed animal bear that's also okay, alive. Okay, and you're a little girl. Okay, And gotcha. I'm you're near the little Emma. Well, you're both, actually, because you control both of them. Okay. So you go into the mansion, and the mansion's broken apart two, two ways, essentially two dimensions. So... The top-down view is the main view for you and little Emma, and she's running around, running around. She's got a light, and it's dark in the mansion. And as you go along, you get stuck, and you have to like get to a, a section where you can't get past it, right? So then you switch to the little bear, and the bear is on a different dimension, right? So he's like 2D style, and he'll just run it along like doing platforming. Okay, so you so when you're playing the girl, it's top down, and when you switch to the bear to solve puzzles or whatever, it's two D side view. Yeah, you're solving okay. puzzles on both planes, both ways. Okay, yeah. but you switch back and forth between them. You switch okay, back and gotcha. forth, and so the best example of what you do, you do many different types of puzzles that way. But the bear basically uh, can get stuck on platforms, like he doesn't, he can't get to s- certain platforms. So what you do, and this is very in- ingenious, I think, is you on the top down view. Move your light somewhere so a shadow casts, ah. and the shadow he can walk on. So essentially, you know, that makes roads and all that kind of stuff that he can gotcha. maneuver on. Uh, and then there's bosses, and then there's like straight up like monster bosses, and it's like you know a different type of game all of a sudden. But they're not super hard, so it's like fun. It's a little bit creepy. It's I think it's a perfect game for like Halloween time for someone who's a little younger. Um, so it's not too scary. How is the difficulty? No. Because I find that um, I, I haven't played this game, so I don't know. But like, there's a lot of games that really like to play with like shadow as a mechanic, and I find that a lot of them are very fiddly. Like you have to have the shadow like just so, and if you're off a little bit, then you're stuck. And you know, like I've had a lot of like experiences that have kind of maybe soured me a little bit on the idea of using shadows as a mechanic. How how is it here? Is it pretty easy? Yeah, it's good you mentioned that because there is a couple trickiness parts. I mean, anytime you do shadows. You're going to, like you said, have to line things up, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think it's pretty good. But what happens is if you line it up really wrong, which I did, you actually get like the bear stuck. And it's not a bug. It just like tells you. It's like, hey, that's not going to work. You know, like Uh... it lets you know if you like totally like screwed it up. So but I didn't really have any problems. Now, I saw some video of like later stages and it was a lot of manipulating, right? Uh, I feel like later on it's going to get more difficult. Where I was and the bosses that I saw, like it seems pretty easy. Um, I can't see it being super difficult later down the road. By the way, it's also broken apart in those kind of like mobile game setting where it's like stages, okay. right? So it's like it's not an open world or anything. It's not a huge mansion you're walking through. It's just like one little section of the of the mansion, then you get to a door, and then it goes like pick the next stage. So that's hmm. how you're playing it, right? Which is actually easy because then it's like a pick up and play, just like bite-sized chunks. Gotcha. Are there it's, like, it's like jump scares? Is it really spooky? Do you think it's okay for all ages? Or how it's all, it? yeah, no. All ages? I mean, the monsters are a little creepy in the fact that how they come at you and stuff with their mouths open and being all monstery. But no, this is like, it's it's more like creepy fun, I think. Okay. 
All right, um, great. So cool. if you have a youngin and you want to have them have a Halloween creepy little puzzle game, that's good. Tandem. Tandem, A Tale of Shadows. Is that correct? Yeah. All right, there we go. Sounds like uh, sounds like a thumbs up. It's a thumbs up. It's an all ages thumbs up. An all ages thumbs up. I don't know what to do with that. Like, I don't play all ages games. We're going to but... just say, yes, it's good, and move on. Here we go. Uh, Disciples is your next game. I don't know anything about that. Is that the complete title, Disciples? Oh, my goodness. We get to talk about this now. Yeah, I've been playing this for a little while under embargo. Ooh. Ooh. Okay. Special, uh, you know, got a code from Calypso, um, and been following this game for a while. So Disciples 1 was very much Heroes of Might and Magic. You know how much okay. I love that game. And that you series. do. Yes, I know you love that one. So uh, that was one of those games that I played back in the day because I wanted more of Heroes of Might and Magic, and it had better graphics at the time. So again, what those games are is turn-based... Um, I don't want to call them RPGs. Turn-based uh, strategy games, essentially. And there's a lot of base building and resource management and going along to like this overworld map and picking up like iron ore and picking up different things and building up your troops and then having those troops fight each other, a la Advance Wars or something. And that's what those types of games are, and that's what Disciples was. Now, if you remember, another game I mentioned on this show, King's Bounty. Yes, that came Re- out recently too, yes. Yes, King's Bounty 2 recently came out, and they try to do what Disciples <clears throat> did, uh, which is mix the two. So mix the idea of an RPG with this old-school version of a strategy game uh, that they had, used to make. So Disciples, again, used to make that kind of game. This is that mix of the two. Let's make an RPG, but also there's some of the things you remember from the original. So you play as a woman who, let's just call her a warrior, and she meets. She has kind of a sidekick, and they go through a weird experience where they go to another world, and in this world they have to start aligning themselves with different factions. Now you play the game like third person, like little character running around the, the map, right? Mm-hmm. And then you can pick up resources and do the kind of the, some of the stuff you would do in that strategy version of, of Disciples. But then whenever you get into a combat, it turns into like, yeah, that old school strategy. Here's your characters. Here's their characters. Hex, what's it, hex based or? Sure, could be hex based. I mean, I don't yeah. know, but it could be. It's those little, yeah, little boxes or little hexes. Sure. And you're planning it and it's, it's turn based and that's it. Like that's how battle happens. Um, and so, you know, when you find anyone on the map, it's not one individual. It, it might show up as one individual, but it's actually like, a, a, you know, a party of people you have to fight. But yeah, there's a lot of story. There's a lot of choices. And I think what King's Bounty 2 tried to do, which is like do that same kind of thing, they just, I don't think they ever nailed the story part or made me care about the characters or it which just wasn't fun as much and this like does all that stuff right like you go into a dungeon it feels like an rpg yes you go into a battle and it turns into the strategy battle scene when you do that but then when you come back out of it you upgrade your character you get some new swords and in armor and so it feels like an rpg literally mixed with a strategy game and i think it's doing it like the best so i'm all for this game i love it I definitely want to talk about it again next week because I'm just right in the middle of it. Um, So I have a lot more to talk about. But the choices seem to make a difference, which is cool. And you literally are making alignment with different factions, uh, which I always like like when things actually matter in games like this. Sure. And it looks really, really nice, too. Now, it's not 60 frames per second. That's stuff I was talking about. How are you even playing that thing? How am I even doing this? Come on. 
it's maybe like 30 or 45 at times. It's like still pretty good. And because it's not a first person game or like a third person really kind of action based game, I can deal with it, right? You're like slowly going around the map, picking up resources, making choices with different, you know, conversations, then doing a turn based strategy. You don't need super high fidelity for that. Okay, I see where so, you draw the line. I see. I think I can go into those areas. If it's got RPG strategy elements and it's turn-based, then I don't need the high fidelity. Okay. Fair but I, I, this is a full, full-on full thumbs up for me. Uh, I just think that not to throw shade because King's Bounty 2 is interesting and I wanted to love it. I think Disciples Liberation just does everything that they try to do better. And okay. uh, it's really freaking fun. All right, that is a good assessment. That is Disciples Liberation playing on PC, I assume? No, I'm playing it on um, PS4 or 5. Oh, I forgot which okay. version I have. I might have the PS5 version. Interesting. Okay, cool. Yeah, so it's All like right. really fun. Oh, by the way, t- to that point real quick before we leave the review, like it plays perfect on console. And this is like, you know, used to be a PC first game. So gotcha. it's just really fun walking around the overworld map with the analog sticks. Super fun to do the combat. Uh, it's great. All right, cool. Disciples Liberation. All right, excellent. Uh, let me take over for a little bit here just with a couple quick hits. Um, first up, Nira, N-I-R-A. This is a 2D um, kind of a, I don't know, exploration, kind of like a Minecraft, but like 2D pixel-based sort of a thing uh, where you arrive on a planet and then you just kind of like get to it, gather resources, build stuff. Um, I was interested in this because in the trailer, there was all sorts of stuff. Like there was like a horse, there was like an airplane. It seemed like they ran kind of the gamut from like basic stone tools all the way up to like high tech. And I was interested to see how that was going to play out, what the story was like. Uh, But I bounced off it pretty quickly. Uh, They don't do a great job with the tutorial. There's a lot of like, hey, here's this one thing. And if you want to know more, here's like a bunch of written information that you can look up later. And I'm like, okay, not the best way to introduce people to your mechanics. Hmm. Um, I didn't feel like the story really got anywhere. And I just was kind of just vague on, on what I was supposed to do. I played for a little bit and I was like, well, what is my goal? Like, I don't know what I'm really working towards. Am I just free to do whatever I want? Like, I just, I needed a little bit more direction and a little bit, like a little bit more handholding at the beginning just to kind of get me off on the right foot. I got to this place where I was supposed to get to like another island and I wasn't sure like, am I swimming? Am I building a boat? Like what's, what's going on? There was like monsters in the water and I didn't have any weapons and it just, it just was kind of murky and it just didn't get off on the right foot. So there may be something cool there, but it just didn't walk me into it enough. And you know, maybe other people are like, are happy with that. Maybe some people really want just the raw experience and figure everything out for themselves. I mean, cool if so, but for me, you know, my time is really precious. I don't like to spend a lot of time looking up YouTube tutorials or like looking up FAQs or something. I want to just, you know, I want the game to explain itself to me and like welcome me in. And it didn't feel very welcoming. So I bounced off pretty quickly. Haven't looked back at it. So if you want a 2D Minecraft, it seems like there's a lot to explore here. But this one was not for me. That was uh, Nira played it on Switch. Yeah, I mean, we talk about tutorials all the time on the show. You got to yeah, do that right. Got to do a good tutorial. Uh, the next one that I played briefly was called Ruin Raiders, R-U-I-N, Ruin Raiders, also on Switch. Uh, this looked like from the trailers, kind of like an XCOM-ish sort of a thing, but with people who had heads that were animal heads. And so I was curious how that was going to play out, if that was going to be a factor. Um, I played it for, I mean, a very brief period of time, and it just seemed to me like kind of a low-rent XCOM, like it was basically doing the same things, but it didn't feel as cool or as neat. The graphics weren't as good. It didn't have as many features. And I was like, I mean, 
at the time, I think I was playing Phoenix Point, which was already like basically the next XCOM anyway. And I didn't need a lower rent version on the Switch. So I bounced out pretty quickly. If you want a smaller scale sort of an XCOM-like experience, check it out. Um, it was not the right game at the right time for me, unfortunately. Yeah, you're still rocking Phoenix Point, right? Um, I think I, I kind of stopped playing after a while because I got busy with other things. I needed something a little bit more chill, which ended up being Death Stranding. Uh, but I may come right. back to it. Yeah, may come back to it. All right. Uh, finally, uh, circling back to one that you brought up on the podcast last week, Beast Breaker. I took the recommendation. Go. Let's took go. Took the recommendation and I bought it. Paid full price for that thing, fifteen bucks, I think it was. And I think it's 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 pretty okay, but it, it didn't click with me the way that it clicked with you. Honestly. Really? Yeah. I you know so this is the one where you play as a little mouse. Um, you have a little few rpg systems there's some gear to craft there's uh some people to talk to choose from a list of quests i mean pretty basic stuff but then when you get in the field uh you go up against these giant monsters but they're not i mean they are monsters but they're kind of more like abstract pinball table levels sort of right you see what they now you can see them you could see how it was hard for me to explain what they were yeah it's kind of like you're looking down on a series of shapes that are not connected but they're kind of like vaguely in the outline of a monster and it kind of is like the way that a pinball table is laid out with like obstacles and bumpers and stuff like that so you you shoot your mouse through uh this level and you try to hit certain spots on these monster shapes to like knock them out you know like they've got some shielding you want to knock the shielding off they have some weak points you want to hit the weak points um you have a sword to start but then i got a bow and arrow pretty soon that functions a little bit differently than the sword um i think it's kind of a cool idea but i gotta be honest i feel like it's a little bit overcomplicated. like some of the different weapon types and like each weapon type has like four different abilities. And I was like, okay, this feels like, like too much. Like for what it is, I want to just be shooting the mouse around and kind of like really quickly going through that action. And it kind of felt like I didn't want to like mess with like all the different abilities, building up skill points and then doing a certain ability and then going back. Like I just, it was like a little bit more than I wanted. And um, also I feel like it took a really long time to get through each level. Um, I'm sure that if I timed myself, it would probably be something like, 3.5 minutes or five minutes or something like we're not talking an hour but as i was fighting each monster i'm like oh my god like this is taking forever and it, i just want this to hurry up yeah let me just real quick interject yeah. because it can be super long or super short like what's interesting about that is it feels like it can be because it sometimes is especially because it feels almost random at times where if you don't do it in the right order like taking out certain parts of the body like one part could be left and then you have nothing to bounce it against yeah. And and that part could be like have 20 hit points or 15 hit points. So there's so many times that the battles have went on like you said in my mind way too long, but then other times I've I've done just the right thing and got like just the right pieces off that I killed it super early. So yeah. it kind of goes back and forth, I think. I I did have a couple quickies, but in general I felt like most battles were going past the point at which I was starting to lose patience with them. And it's, it stopped being fun and it started being feeling like work a little bit. And I don't like for a game like this, I just want it to be like, boom, 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 fast, fast, fast rebound, rebound, ricochet, oh. shoot that mouse around. I wish it was just faster paced. And I feel like, I feel like there's a good game waiting to happen there, but like they need to strip some of that RPG stuff out and just make it a little bit more actiony. But I mean, maybe people disagree. I mean, I think it's not a bad game. I think it's a good game. Um, if you want to sink into that, but for me, I just needed something like more light and quicker and faster paced. And it just, it was just kind of dragon for me. I just needed it to be in and out, you know, that's funny. Cause that's exactly why I liked it. Cause it was slow because, uh, I, again, I don't play many games in bed with my switch, but that's one that I do because I'm like, okay, I am going to spend like 30, 40 minutes 
you know, not going to sleep yet. And so I kind of liked that it was, it took a while, but yeah, well, to each his go. own. Yeah. Horses for courses, right? Yeah. I mean, it's not a bad game, but not for me, but I can totally see how you enjoyed it. So that was Beast Breaker. I probably will not be coming back to that one. Uh, let's see. All right. Let's turn it back over to you for a moment here, Carlos. Rogue Lords. I, is this the, uh. Is this the 2D one where you have a bunch of vampires? Is that this one? Or yeah, is this but a not just one? vampires, like many different types of evil creatures. Yeah. Okay, I think I think this one caught my eye, but it's PC only, so I'm going to wait for a console release. But in the meantime, tell us all about Rogue Lords. Yeah, you know me and ro- Rogue Likes, I generally run away screaming. But like we said earlier, uh, I think we did, uh, turn-based stuff I like, right? So turn-based Rogue Likes, I'm in. Because I'm I'm interested already. I, I will listen. But this one's very interesting because A, look at the pictures of it. The graphics are beautiful. They're 2D cartoonish type graphics. Uh, I, I don't know what you want to call that style, but it's like beautiful, hand drawn, and it's just awesome to look at. Like so cool. And so what you do is you play as the devil, which generally I'm not a fan of. I don't I'm not like, hey, what game can I play as the devil? But I do like playing the bad guys in games. Remember Legend of Keepers? Sure. Uh, yep. Yep. For sure. So, and this one is actually similar to Legend of Keepers in some ways, in the fact that it's turn-based combat, and you control a party of people. Uh, you're the devil, and essentially you find disciples. Uh, you start with two, and you re- recruit another one right away. You can recruit more later on down the road, and you have three in a line. So when you're doing the battles, it's like three on one side, that's your your party, and three, up to three uh, enemies on the right side. Uh, there actually could be more than three. I don't know, but I've only seen parties of two and three of monsters. And it's turn-based combat, you know, that style. Again, the art's awesome. But what's interesting about this game, and why I think you'll like it too, it definitely does a couple things really interesting. One, again, you're the devil, so a lot of the game is cheating, so you have this thing called, what's it called? Um, essence or something, some sort of demonic essence. And it's like points, right? So you can spend some of those points during a battle and actually do things like just take your, um, say your like health is low, you just take your mouse cursor and just like increase the health. <laughs> and just like cheat, right? And okay. then you, you can take their en- the enemy's health and just like take the little slider and slide it down. So you essentially can like cheat in a lot of different ways besides just hit points. You can like take, um, say the enemies have all these shields on, right? Like shield buffs. You can just take the shield buffs and move them to your your party. Now that takes essence points though. So you can't do it all the time. Or you can do things like basically sacrifice health from your, from your characters to do okay. more of that stuff. So it's a lot of like, you know, how can I manage this to... I do have this crazy power where I can cheat in the world because I'm the devil, but I also have to like plan it because you could like screw it up. Because if you run out of essence, you know, the devil essence, it's game over. So, so do you feel like you need to cheat though? Because there's no, been other games that, no. okay, good. Because there there's plenty of games that like uh, have done ideas like that before where you're using some kind of resource to like tilt the odds in your favor, but you feel like you can play it just straight up and don't have to cheat if you don't want yep, to. Yeah. And that's not okay. even the main reason I like this game because that's the second reason. That's like a really cool feature. And in the tutorial, which uh, unlike the other game you mentioned, they do very well. Like the tutorial goes on for a while, but it like it, it tells you every different little piece. Okay. Um, 
and I'll get back to that in a minute, the <laughs> tutorial. But yeah, in general, like that's an interesting th mechanic. But what's really cool is that, it, you know, it does that thing like roguelikes do or can do where it generates a world map, right? Overworld map that you're walking on. Okay. And in that map, you're not just finding battles, but you're finding events. And those events are like lots of times, you know, choose your own adventure type story stuff. I like that. I like that. So when I found this guy, so this is, here's an example one. I found a guy and he was just a human. Again, you're against humans. You don't like humans. You don't like demonic hunters. You know, because you're the devil. So you're on the, you're the side devil. of the dark stuff. Sure, yeah. Gotcha. So I met this guy and I could have done many different choices when I talked to him. But the choice I chose was, hey, uh, I'm not going to let you go, but go and uh, well, I will let you go, but go and kill a bunch of demon hunters for me. Gotcha. And if you do that, then I'll let you go or whatever. And so that can have a ripple effect, you know? So it's just interesting the choice you get to make in these events. And then you go and do battles, which are also fun. So, and it, yeah, I didn't really cheat much. I like cheated a, a little bit, but I didn't really feel like I had to. Okay. Um, because like I was going to try to say earlier, it's a risk reward system to cheat, you know? Gotcha. So you, you could like screw yourself. Um, is there so is there something good that happens or is it to your advantage if you do not spend that resource and just play the battle straight up and don't cheat? Do you like can you use that resource for something better at the end? Like, is there a reason to not cheat? Is there a reward for it? Just to keep that essence, because if again, the, the essence runs out, it's game over. OK, gotcha. so I feel like I was not especially as I first was just playing this early on equipped with to, to make those right choices sometimes. You know, and I wanted to like not have that run be over, but because he is the devil and everlasting, like in real life, <laughs> um, <laughs> Halloween scare. Yeah, I know, spooky voice. I got scared for a minute there. Is you know, it just like a roguelike, you just start over, right? Gotcha. So you, yeah, it, yeah, it's not that big of a deal, and okay. you get stronger like a roguelike. But what's interesting, and I wrote this down in the notes, is there's an interesting story reason for this to be a roguelike. Thank the Lord, that's all I wanted sometimes. You know, not just like a, hey, that's what the game does. It's like, no, you're the devil, so you won't die. <laughs> so, and your enemies are only, your, your evil minions are only getting stronger, like real life. Like real life, yeah. So you just, it feels like it makes sense with the story, you know what I mean? So kind of like Hades, they have like a narrative justification for why you're yes. trying and dying over and over. So they, yes. they managed to pull that off here too. Yeah. Cool. It's, all right. It's cool. really cool. It's a big surprise for me. Uh, we got a code, I think, for this game, but I would have bought it because it's similar to Crown Trick and the fact that like it's a turn-based roguelike. I can take all the time I want. I can figure out the cheating, right? There's another reason to take time in your battles. Right. Like, do I want to cheat here or there? And the only knock I have on it is that there's almost too many systems. You know those games where it's like, I think I was just getting the handle of this one, but if I would have done this... You know, maybe the run would have lasted sure, longer. Sure, sure. A lot of so, choices to make. Maybe a lot, I got of, a, a lot of things yeah. to weigh. Yeah, I gotcha. got a little lost in the in the in the choices, but I have to wholeheartedly re recommend it. Um, yeah, it's like a yin yang episode for us this podcast because yeah, we're kind of flipping seats here. I like bit. everything. Yeah. Well, uh, that's yeah. awesome. That's awesome. I like I, you know, I'm glad you like it because I like I said the graphics are awesome and it really did catch my eye. The thematic, roguelike, the art style, like it seemed all up my alley. As far as I know, it's only PC for now. I'm sure they're going to bring it to console at some point. So I'm, I'm really happy to see that you are really digging it. This sounds like it's just something I really want to get into. Yeah, I, I'm still playing it. And uh, that's always a big thing, a big tell. If I'm playing something, especially roguelike, 
uh, long after I've reviewed it. So well, that is a strong recommendation from Carlos. All right, cool. Let's. I don't know if we're going to keep that energy going, but let's talk about. Uh, I don't know how to pronounce it. Is it Wildermyth or Wildermyth? I'm not whatever. sure. Whatever. <laughs> whatever it That's is. That's what the developers told me. They said, just say what, whatever. Okay, so I'm going to call it Wildermyth, I guess. It's all one word. W-I-L-D-E-R-M-Y-T-H. I don't know anything about this one at all. I believe it's a PC-only game for now. And I literally, if you had to ask me what this game was about, I would be struggling because I don't even know one thing about it. So please start from scratch and tell us all about Wildermyth. I will. And by the way, I didn't talk to the developers. They didn't tell me how to pronounce the, the game. I don't know. I think liar. It's you liar. You I lied right in this podcast. Okay. But I can't lie because then I'll come back with the truth right away. See, I told you. I didn't talk to them. Anyways, uh, here's a fun fact. From episode one or two, two episodes ago, maybe, I mentioned that I bought a video game magazine. Oh, that was last episode. Right. Yeah, that was last episode. Correct. We talked about magazines, like real actual paper magazines. Real magazine I bought. It's here, sitting here on my desk. It's called PC Gamer. It's still around. PC Gamer is who showed me this game. I would not have known of this game, just like you. It wouldn't have been on my radar. I would have had no idea. It showed up in the freaking magazine. Points for magazines. Point Magazine, yes. Point Old magazine. school information sharing, yes. So, it, and by the way, it showed me two other games that will also be reviewed on the show, and I'll, I'll save them for a later date. But okay. this one was, it seemed interesting because it's a RPG that is, how do I explain this? Remember uh, that uh, text adventure game that changes with whatever you do? AI Dungeon. AI Dungeon. Oh, yeah. You, you told us about that one uh, many episodes ago. Yes, yeah. Correct. Mm-hmm. I, similar to that thing where I like watching AI and NPCs progress. I want technology to get better when it comes to my video games. You know, AI Dungeon's pushing some weird tech to have it, uh, the game in a text adventure evolve with you. That's what Wilder Myth or Wilder Myth is doing in a tabletop RPG style game. It's adapting to whatever you do with your characters. And it's randomizing a bunch of stuff. So it feels a little bit like AI Dungeon. And it goes with whatever, you know, outcomes happen. Meaning, like, there's permadeath. If your characters die, they die. If they do, your the story that it tells adapts to that. So that's what intrigued me the most from the magazine article. Which it said, like, hey, here's an RPG that adapts to you. And my ears perked up. But what it looks like, it looks like a tabletop game, right? Like, literally, like, the cutouts of like the little I'm, miniatures. I'm Googling it right now. Yeah, it does look like a tabletop game, yeah. Like if you had like 2D like cardboard cutouts that you would put on a board. Yes, it looked like paper cut paper dolls or something. Right, yeah, paper exactly. dolls. And so there's a pro and con for this review for me. One, I love the fact that it literally creates a game world, right? Randomly generated. It randomly creates characters for you in the beginning. You can of course like name them and change all the parts of them. But what's great about this whole game is I just don't change much anything, right? I just let it be random. So my main characters' names are like Elsa and Tandem. Oh, no, Tandem's the video game from this episode. (laughs) But it's like some weird name that I would never come up with. Right. And I just go with it. Like, you truly play this game like you have a dungeon master, and you're just kind of like going with this experience, right? And so the pro and con is it's super cool that it adapts so much because like you make these you know weird characters they go and they find these uh, there's an overworld map and you go to different locations similar to you know any game and in those locations you can have battle and like basically an encounter happens you fight monsters but then in that 
scenario, you also do things like it, it plays out in cutscenes, right? So it plays little cutscenes of your characters and whatever armor they have on, et cetera, you know. And all those cutscenes are told kind of like AI dungeon. So let's just say the words don't always sound awesome. Mm, do you know okay. what I mean? Yeah, there's been some games that have done that before where they, they try to do procedural storytelling. And that yes. is, boy, that's if you think procedural dungeons are hard to, hard to pull off, procedural storytelling is extremely difficult to pull off. That's what they're doing. So okay. the storytelling is procedural, but then there's like some key things that they keep the same, right? So like if you get to an area where you re- recruit other heroes, heroes, it's got that same kind of language that it would say like, you know, do these things to do these things. Like it tells you how to play the game. But in the story parts, yeah, it really feels like it's really on the edge of like being a robot voice. Being right? just like nonsense kind of stuff. Yeah. Coming out. But then it's told in cutscenes, so it helps, right? Like, so here's an example. It's again all these little storybook cutscenes happening, and me and my three characters have just beaten two monsters, and now we're like gonna go through these woods or something. So it, there's a lot of choose your adventure too, right? So like you know you have to make choices all of a sudden uh, along as you go along. So there's this little character, and he gets stuck in these rocks because he's too muscular, I guess, and he can't get through. That happens show, to me. It's a pain in the ass. It yeah. does happen to you. You told me that. Yeah, yeah I'm too ripped. It sucks. Uh, I wonder if I will ever get ripped. I don't think I will. Um, so, you know, he's stuck there, and you can either, like, have him push through. He can go around. He can split up the party. Like, whatever you choose there will change the whole story. Like, full full stop, right? And so I got through. I, like, pushed the character through, and then you know, and then I went that way with the, with the story. But the point is, even if the language I was looking at didn't a hundred percent sound great, the storybook stuff that they're showing me made me feel like, okay, I can do this. Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I think I, I hear what you're saying. Like they give you enough to keep going, even if the actual like narrative specific points are maybe not so great, but you, you got the gist of what you're doing and it's enough to right. push forward. Yeah. Right. The images are really helping this game exist like as a thing because, and then when you do the, again, the combat stuff, it's really fun. There's a lot of interesting new mechanics. Um, I won't go through all of them right now, but like there's not just like fight magic spell. There's like other things you can do. Like you can use the environment a lot in this game. And so it's just a really, really fun turn-based game. And then when you get out of that, it's just this really weird procedural game. So, but what I heard about also in the magazine article that I think will maybe get more listeners into it, it goes on for whenever, like however long you want to play it. So if your characters die and like say they have, there's romancing in the game too, say like two people have a kid and then one of them dies, you know, they can age and then the kid can grow up and go on a mission. You know, like there's this kind of, you know, games do that where it's like, um, longevity right of characters sure, sure. yeah some stuff so, passes down or whatever yeah gotcha so that just fascinated me to be like in this world of procedural you know three little characters who are doing this right now i'm controlling and then some are going to die and some are going to make it and some are going to grow older and some are going to going to have kids and so yeah. i'm kind of in for that weird ride interesting interesting sounds like a really wild mix of elements there um are you playing, would you what, say a, a wilder myth a wilder myth oh. a wilder myth of elements there yes exactly uh pc what do you where, where are you at on this pc yep, i'm on pc All and right. um i really really like it it's again it at times is a stretch when it comes to the text right so right. I, I i understand that but i do like ai dungeon 
I like what it's trying. I will never fault a game for pushing the envelope when it comes to, you know, mechanics. I just talked a whole tangent about that. So I really, really like it. I really, really like it. And I'll have to like get back to you on like the ending or I don't think there is an ending, but mm. like, I, you know, I'm like, I'm interested to see as it gets longer on, am I going to be just as interested? Is this early access or is this a finished product? I think it's finished. Okay, interesting. All Let right, me so that double is... check on that, but yeah. All right, yeah, that's fine. So that is Wilder Myth, uh, playing it on PC. All right, let me uh, hit a couple quick ones here. Uh, let's see. First up, Skeletal Avenger, playing it on Xbox X, but I believe it's on every platform, I'm pretty sure. This is a uh, kind of an isometric, action-y, roguelike. You play a little skeleton. And again, interesting that you bring up the idea in Rogue Lords that there is a, a narrative reason for trying and dying again. They also have a narrative reason in this one. Uh, in this game, the main person is a wizard. You do not play the wizard. The wizard is just like there. He's like your boss. And he brings you to life as a skeleton. And he wants you to delve into this dungeon and get whatever goodies at the end of it. And if you die, he's like, oh, well, I'll just bring another skeleton to life. And he just brings another one back. So that kind of explains why you're doing the roguelike loop. He's got like this infinite supply of skeletons. And every time you die, he's like, I got a pile. I'm just going to fire up the next one and send this one in. And hopefully this one's going to do the trick. So that's neat. Um, you play the skeletons. Uh, as you start a game, you get like a beginning uh, power. There's like, as as roguelikes are these days, there's many different like um you know, like, I don't want to say mutators, but like different powers you can get that really can change the course of a gameplay. So like you might start one with like, oh, every time you pick up gold, you gain life back. Or maybe every hit you do, it incurs fire damage or, you know, something along those lines. Like yeah. it will be slightly different every time you play. If you find other uh, skeletons who have been downed before you, you can steal whatever powers they had and just keep adding to your pile. So you'll eventually get like a bunch of powers. I mean, pretty standard formula for roguelike. Uh, you know, use a sword, you can run and jump and dodge. And uh, I think the big hook is that you can also shoot your skull off, use it as a projectile. So if you're in a, kind of a bad spot, you can whack your own head. It goes shooting off like a like a like a big bullet. And if there is a power associated with that, it'll do that to whatever enemy you hit. Or you could use it to stun an enemy if you need to close the distance really quickly. Uh, you're a little bit outnumbered or something. You can like whack the head, shoot the guy. He gets stunned for a second. You can run up grab your head back and whack him while you're closing the distance. So um, pretty, pretty good. Lots of action. Um, I didn't feel like it was super hard, but I did feel like I had to really pay attention. Like I needed to be on my toes. It was not something that I was able to sleepwalk through, which I respect. Um, it's really cute, really straightforward. I mean, it kind of just like checks all the roguelike action boxes. Um, you know, it's good stuff. If you want a basic actiony focused roguelike, this is, this is fulfilling that need. Yeah. I liked the art when I saw it and seemed, Cool, but again, I run for the fences when it comes to action-based RPGs or RP uh, roguelikes. Yeah, yeah. I don't think I would recommend this one to you, but, you know, if anybody out there wants something where you can just jump in, do a couple runs, kill some dudes, you know, sometimes you just need something to keep your hands busy. And I feel like this is a good one of those where you don't need to think about it too hard. And if you want to just, you know, just, just play something for a couple minutes, that's a good fit for this. So, How am I not going to say something about that? I'm waiting. Keep your hands busy. You just need something uh, to do. Man. Come on. Uh, it's right there. It's right there. I mean, I was waiting for you to go for it. You didn't go for it. I'm just going to present that it was right there, and then we're just going to move oh, on. Oh, taking the high road. Okay, moving on. Uh, so that was Skeletal Avenger. The next one I'm going to talk about is called Bonito Days. B-O-N-I-T-O Days. Uh, this one had a really cute trailer, and I wasn't quite sure what it was about. It You play as a little fish person. Uh, like, you literally look like a fish with arms and legs. But... 
you are in these like really bright colorful levels but then you fly like you run and you jump off a little ledge and then you spread your arms and legs even though you're a fish and you just kind of like glide um it looked really neat in the trailers i'm like oh this seems pretty chill and laid back and i'm all about like the chill games these days so uh giving it a shot unfortunately i think it's a little bit too chill um i quickly found out that there's not really a structure to it beyond um gliding and you try to eventually land on a little target on the ground and get points um but like all the levels are unlocked from the beginning there's no story i think they want you to play with your friends and kind of a, everybody take a turn on the controller and we all try to get the high score which is fine but like i just there just wasn't anything to do like once you were gliding around for a bit i mean it's just like you get the score and you move on and it's it's not like you were trying to achieve anything and you didn't have a goal to shoot for you weren't unlocking anything you just play the game for what it is and then you move on and that's mm. that's a little too chill for me i need to have some kind of goal or an objective i mean if they had told me collect 50 points on this stage and then unlock level two i'd be like yes all in doing it but because all the levels were unlocked i'm like well what am i just play it for fun. I'm playing yeah, it for fun. Play it for fun. Fuck that. Like, no, I don't want to do that. How do I win the game, Carlos? How do I, I win? Mean, I mean, kind of, yeah. Like, I, I definitely need to feel like I'm achieving something, working towards something. That's me. That's not everybody. I totally respect that. But that's how I like to play. I need to have something to work towards. Whether it's a small goal, big goal, I need some kind of a goal. And this game is just so open and freeform, no goal. I love the graphics. The music is really chill and nice. The feeling of gliding around is really kind of fun. But I just... I didn't have anything to work towards and I didn't want to play it with friends and I, there just was not enough there for me. I wish it had a little bit more structure. So that's no games this podcast you've liked. Not yet. There is not one that I like saving it for last. All so that is right. Benito days. If you have friends, um, check it out. It might be worth it. If you have some friends, drink a couple beers, whatever, maybe it's fun. Uh, the next one is currently under embargo, but the embargo will be up by the time this podcast is out. It's called, Ever tried is how I'm going to go with that. E V E R T R I E D. Ever treed? Ever tried? Um, Why would I, be? It would never be ever treed. Maybe, maybe someone's name is ever treed. You know, you oh, never know, dude. Okay. You never know. Like, you there's don't always ever know. I don't feel safe in assuming because once you start assuming, then things go wrong. Anyway, I'm going to go with ever tried. Uh, this is a roguelike. Each level is a very small square, and it's shown from an isometric perspective. I'm playing it on the Switch. You play a little, like, I don't know, kind of a Reaper dude, I guess. He kind of looks like a bug, but he also kind of looks like a Reaper. I'm not really quite sure what the deal is. And uh, the whole level is divided up into squares, and I honestly couldn't tell you. I mean, like, I don't know, like uh, 16 by 16 or something like that, maybe? I'm just, I'm just wildly guessing there. Uh, and there's little enemies, and every time you move, enemies move. And you've got to kind of figure out. It's, it's very puzzly in nature, like... If I move one square and this other guy moves two squares, am I going to hit him before he hits me? It's kind of one of those games where you got to really like be very strong with your awareness of the board and how people are moving. And you want to hit them before they get you. And if you do that, then it's great. If they hit you first, you I think you've only got three three pips of life and then you got to start over. Um, you can pick up some skills along the way. The skills I got um, were not great. They weren't really rocking my world and I didn't feel like they made a big difference mostly it was just about learning the puzzle um, movements like this particular enemy moves this way this other enemy moves this way and really just kind of like okay so maybe i need to move one step forward and one step back and if i do that then this enemy's going to move two squares in that time and that means he's going to be here which means i can move over here and then get him you know it's mm. like one of those kind of games yeah um i mean it's okay but i felt like it was a little bit too cerebral for me 
and I was kind of wanting like maybe a little bit more special abilities, a little bit more free flow to it. It was just very like you had to be really like paying attention. Like this is the kind of game where I would need to have like a cup of coffee like right away and then like play that game in the next 30 minutes when my my powers are at their greatest. That's when you play that game and that's when you're most effective. Like playing it at night when you're tired. Oh, God, forget about it, dude. Like you're going to be making mistakes all over the place. Um, But it is a roguelike. You die, you go back to the start, try again. I mean, it was it was fine. It was okay. It felt a little bit small to me. I kind of wanted more options. I wanted more variety, diversity. And I wanted it to be more about just the movement. I was kind of hoping for like different weapons or something. I mean, to be, you know, full disclosure, I didn't play it for a ton of time. I kind of bounced off it pretty early because I just wasn't really grooving on the puzzle movement. But if you like those kind of games, it seems pretty well done, pretty cute, good fit for the Switch. Just not a good fit for me this week. So um, as I look at the pictures of it, it reminds me of and how you d- described it, chess. It is very chess-like in that way. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's like it's seven by seven. By the way, is the, is the square? Oh, there you go. Thank you. And uh, yeah, it just looks like you really have to be focused on like the moves. And yeah, in the, in when I play the Switch. That's not going to happen because I'm in bed and I don't want to like use my yeah, brain. It was kind of asking a little bit too much because there's like traps, avoid the traps, lure people into traps, but how many squares do they move and how many can you move and that whole thing. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a cool form though, but it just kind of, it was a little bit more than I was wanting to put out at that time. So I, I didn't get too far in it. That uh, is ever tried or ever treat, whichever way that goes. Uh, a couple more games and we're going to wrap, wrap the show here. Carlos, let's come back to you. You, you, had a pretty sunny outlook on Far Cry 6 last week. Uh, I thought it was okay. I bounced off it uh, pretty early. It just wasn't my jam. But you really got into it. You really liked the sense of family or the um, you know, the representation that it was bringing. You said like it kind of made you feel good to play that game. I don't know you're like the open world guy. You like doing the melee. You like you know just wandering around and doing stuff like that. So um, Far Cry 6, one week later, where do you stand? Yeah, I rolled credits. Um, nice. Again, these kind of games, I kind of tend to do that because I like, like I said, at the top of the show, I get lost in them. Um, yeah, there's definitely some flaws in it, uh, but you can see through those just to, to beat the game. And what's interesting is a lot of the times they talk about a lot of these open world games do that where like, Hey, you're going to have to get all these different things and, you know, make sure you get a bunch of resources. Like the whole game, I'm collecting resources anywhere I am. I'm just pick up the resource, pick up the resource and you don't need any of that stuff at the end. You know, it's literally a straight action game. So what's interesting is I didn't feel like other Fargo games, you know, we mentioned this last episode, I wasn't worrying about leveling up really. I yeah. was leveling up, but it didn't really seem to matter. You were saying um, they had a big focus on the gear, like more yeah. gear focused. And then like as you do level, like the enemies level with you. And so it also doesn't matter. So yeah, that was just kind of weird. I, I feel like it's just doing missions, yeah. which is what I was down for. You know, I, I definitely wanted to like do this revolution for fake Cuba which is essentially what that is, Yara. Um, so I will say this without spoiler, the ending is dark. Like okay. it's it's definitely more dark than I thought it would be. Um, and then, of course, they're like, and now keep playing because the revolution is never over. Right. And what was interesting is they did this thing. Um, oh, I liked a lot of the cutscenes at the end. And they did this thing where they teased uh, Vass. Is that his name from Far Cry 3? Yeah, the bad guy from the, the other. Guy. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah uh-huh. People think that his, because they just did like an audio only section at the very end of the credits. And people think it was his voice talking. So that's interesting because then maybe he never died and he's in this world somehow. Mm, I have literally no connection to that guy whatsoever. That would have gone oh. completely wasted on me. Well, I had to look it up because I saw the conversation, but I didn't remember his voice, you know. But it's, it's a, he was a very good bad guy in three. Um, 
So that was an interesting little tidbit. But what the game does is, you know, there's so many more things to, you know, checkpoints to get. But, you know, the, 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 his old military, Anton Castillo's military is still there. So, but then they add the element of, you know, this, what is this games as a service thing where there's these things called insurgencies. So you have to like complete four or five different things on a list of stuff. And then you win extra credits that you can buy more, you know, stuff to put in your character and more weapons. Actually, I bought a brand new grenade launcher. That's kick ass by doing one of these missions. So I jumped back in, even though it was like a long time playing that game. I was like, fuck, I really want to jump back in. And this is tangent number two. When you play a game that you're all in on, that you're really like Death Stranding for you. Hey, you went back to Death Stranding. I did. I think there's something to the fact of when you get mechanics down so good. Yeah. You want to keep doing those mechanics. That's Be- a true thing. Right? Like, I played Rage 2, one of my favorite games of all time. I was so good at the shooting in that game that when the game was over, I was like, no, it's not. I'm going to keep playing this for like 50 hours just because I'm so good at shooting now. Yeah. Yeah. No, I hear you. I mean, that's kind of why I went to Death Stranding again because, I mean, not only was it chill, but like, I think the mechanics are really dialed in and interesting. And as you get more of the gear, it's just, it's just fun just to do the thing, like just bring the boxes. Right. I, I'm not working towards the story. I don't care about the story. It's just, it is an activity, which is rare for me, where I just enjoy it so much. Simply the act of doing the thing is reward in itself. Yeah. So I think that's what this game does well. Like on top of the interesting <laughs> story that I really liked and I wanted to see the ending and I liked the ending. Um, yeah. It's like hard for me not to jump back in it like almost nightly. It's a really, really. So if anybody's on the fence about getting the game and you liked any Far Cry game ever, get it. And then also, if you never liked Far Cry game, but you want an open world game just to kind of like exist in, in this pandemic world, it's a pretty cool world to exist in. Awesome rain, awesome weather effects, you know, really good lighting um, just for that, uh, you know, alone. But then the last thing I'll say is um, I was talking to Steve Haskey, friend of the show, and he mentioned that he actually played this game for a review and he found the secret ending and I didn't. And now I feel bad about myself. I thought I was a gamer. But in the very beginning of the game, you can just leave. Now, do you remember in Far Cry 4 where you could do that? No, I don't think I played Far Cry 4. So I think it was Far Cry 4. The Ming, I think, was the bad guy. He set you down at a, a table. Did we not talk about this on the oh, podcast? Oh, I heard, yeah. yeah. I didn't play it, but we talked about this. Yeah, he gives yeah. you like a choice, and if you take the choice, you could just, it's just like the game is over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're exactly. like, you know what? I don't want to do this. I'm out. And then exactly. it's credits, right? So you can do the same thing in 6, and I had no idea. And Haskey found it, which is when they finally give you this boat, which is like one mission in. They give you a boat, and you're like, you want to go to the United States. You're like, you want to get out of here. And so you can take the boat and just drive off the map, and then <laughs> it, it does a cut scene, and you're in the U.S., like on a beach. That's awesome. And, and it talks about the pandemic. And I it know. says, Yeah, it says, like, the pandemic's going to do a lockdown, and you're, like, just sipping drinks, like, relaxing on the beach, never having to have do any of that revolution stuff. Uh, it's funny you say that because I didn't bring it up on the show, but we talked an episode or two ago about oh, what was that 2d rogue like that i brought to the show that was kind of like a metroidvania help me out carlos mm, it is not death. the one that i like right no 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 it oh was... the, the the one with the bird nope not that no. one. oh my god anyway i can't i'm not it's not coming to mind right now but um whatever 2d souls like rogue like not a rogue like souls like metroidvania that i talked about um 
in one of the, in the very like first cutscene, somebody's like, "Oh, you should turn back now and don't don't keep going." And I'm like, "Okay." And then I <laughs> I turn back, and you can leave the, if you leave the screen. Uh, you go back home to your kingdom, and then you get there, and the king's like, "What are you doing back here?" traitor you didn't follow my orders and they behead you as soon as you get back because you oh, quit on your mission too soon it it's a funny. secret bad ending it is a secret bad ending, but i thought it was hilarious that they put it in there uh, i you love get that, that. Like, yeah it's, it's pretty it's pretty pretty good why don't developers do that more often by the way real quick tangent because i don't think we'll ever talk about it again but i made many 2d games which you know i need to do that again i, I really like doing them and in one of my although in every one of my 2d games i put a alternate ending on the on the first screen because i just I want people to find weird shit, you know? That's awesome. Uh, okay, so Death's my final Gambit, thoughts. That's what it is. Death's Gambit. Death's Gambit, that's right. You can get the secret ending in Death's Gambit. There you go. Okay. Uh, my final thoughts on Fire Cry 6 are I had a really great time. I'm not done playing it because, again, there's not another open world like it where I can just feel really good about do, doing the mechanics. I'm looking at you, Death Stranding, Brad Galloway, yeah. and uh, just existing in a world that I really enjoy. So I have not left Far Cry. Right on. Okay, that is Far Cry 6. Seems like a pretty glowing praise from Carlos there. Excellent. Um, you said you wanted to really quickly mention Outlast. Um, boy, that is a name I haven't thought about for quite some time. That's the first person. One of the one of the early wave of games where they were like really focusing on disempowering you. Um, I believe yeah. like most of that game is you running from stuff because you're not strong enough to fight it like in the dark. Maybe you gotta, um, you're looking through like a, a video camera or something like that. Or maybe you got a flashlight. That was way too spooky for me. I didn't want none of that uh, at all, but I heard a lot of people talking about it. Uh, what? I mean, obviously Halloween, but how did you come back to Outlast? It seems kind of random. Well, it was from a listener of the show, and I forgot their name, so I apologize. But they were mentioning to me either on Twitter or Discord or TikTok, I don't know, where, somewhere, to go check out Outlast because Outlast 1 and 2 were like supposedly, like you said, this disempowerment and really creepy games. I'm trying to find something that will scare me, and so far... Uh, I'm not finding it, right? I think I can handle a lot, which is weird. But we have three more games next episode, too, that I'm going to be talking about that are all scary. We'll see if one of those get me. But I thought I'd go to this one just because he had mentioned it, and it was on Game Pass. Um, Outlast 2 was on Game Pass, so I didn't play okay. Outlast 1. Or did I? Which one was it? We should look it up. Outlast anyway, so Game you played Pass. one of the Outlasts. Yes, and I'm not scared. It, 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 I'm fine. I'm fine. That game isn't scary. It's in me. Subjective. Were you in a farm or were you in a mental hospital? Uh, I was in a helicopter and then we crashed and then I couldn't find my girlfriend. And then I went to this kind of like, I guess, like small town. So that sounds like far, that sounds like Outlast 2. I think you're okay. playing Outlast 2. Okay. And there's a lot of religious uh, you yes, know, Outlast stuff. Yes, Confirmed. Confirmed. Uh, so two things about it. One, I wasn't scared, which, you know, a uh, person who suggested it, thank you, because I wanted to be, but I wasn't. Also, the graphics being a little dated, like I just said at the top of the show. <laughs> I love that you're going to just like completely take a shit on any game that is not up to graphic standards. Ah, fuck that game. That From here cool. on out. From here on out. Even they... 2D pixel-based. Uh, no, no, no. You, they are dead to Carlos. Do hey, not bring your game unless it's bleeding edge. Do not bring it. Uh, and that's not true because I'm playing Wilder Myth and I'm playing <laughs> Disciples. But, um, you know, by the way, let me just put an asterisk next to that. If I want to lose myself in a game, let's just say that, and spend like 20 plus hours, then I'm going to need the fidelity. Okay? Okay. Put that? Fair enough. Fair asterisk. enough. But no, no, it wasn't scary. It wasn't just the graphics. It just wasn't like, I get what they were trying to do. But, you know, it's stereotypes of horror and stereotypes of religion with horror. 
And for me, I kind of have a trigger button with religion stuff because, you know, they're similar to what we talk about in this in this podcast a lot. Is like the real world's full of a lot of horrific shit, like in real life, and religion has a lot of like problems and you know dark history. So if it gets too close to home, like when it comes to just realism, it's not scary or fun for me to be in that game. I'd rather, much rather it be fantastical, you know, like PT of the world and all that kind of stuff where you're like, what is that? Like, what's going on? Silent Hill, like mm-hmm. a mm-hmm. pyramid head. What? A pyramid head? But if pyramid head, like, had had, like, you know, rosary beads on and, like, was, like, an upside down cross really in real life or something, like, that stuff is fucking played out. So it has a lot of that in it, and I just didn't want to deal with that. Gotcha. And then on top of it, it wasn't scary, and you just you can just run from everything in that game. But for people who were saying, like, in my memory, oh, that game's so scary because you're so disempowered, like you said, I was just running from everything, like, mm. easily. Like, you know, there was a bad guy, and I was like, oh, the jump is terrible. Like, you jump, like, one inch off the ground. Is that supposed to be disempowering? I think it's just like bad <laughs> physics. You just got bad shoes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's just like bad footwear. Right. Outlast right, right. 2, bad footwear edition. Um, <laughs> no, it just wasn't really fun to play. And then I just, I would literally, any enemy that was coming at, after me, I just ran away from. Yeah. And, and then it was also annoying because you had to have batteries on. Like you always had to find batteries for the camera because that's the oh, only thing that, that could yeah, that like look in the dark, you know? So, Yeah. Outlast it didn't scare me and isn't for me, but thank you to the suggestion. All right, there we go. That was Outlast 2. I'm 99% sure that's Outlast 2. Uh, last game of the show here. We're going to end a little bit stronger, at least on my side, with Chernobylite. Oh, uh, yes. Wait, did, wasn't I supposed to also play this and now I feel bad? I do not know. Were you supposed to play this? I, don't I think I have a code for this and now I feel awful. Well, no, don't feel awful because I'm guessing that you're going to want to play this after <gasps> I finish telling you about it. Oh, so, now I'm going to be excited. Delayed gratification for Carlos here. Um, so Chernobylite, uh, I'm assuming it comes from a developer from that part of the world near Chernobyl. I don't know exactly. Uh, I apologize for not looking up the studio ahead of time. This is a first person game where you play a Russian, I'm, I'm guessing Russian. Russian scientist, uh, excuse me if I'm wrong, uh, Russian scientist who returns to like the Chernobyl site after, you know, the accident that happened there and like weird stuff is happening. Like there's some kind of weird mineral that has popped up, which has weird properties. That's the actual Chernobylite of the game. Uh, this mineral that exists only after the Chernobyl meltdown, um, weird anomalies like time warps, maybe alternate dimensions, like just crazy stuff going on. You lost your fiance and you want to go back and find her. And, and to do that, you have recruited a couple of uh, Russian like soldiers who are hired to go with you. You go into this zone and like just I'm not going to spoil anything, but like right off the bat, like weird stuff starts happening. Uh, but eventually you get to an abandoned building. That building becomes your home base. And so this game is really interesting. I didn't know this going into it. I thought it was going to be more of a, just a regular first person shooter type game. But this is really like about having a base, uh, kitting it out with stuff like, you know, beds and generators and amenities and stuff slowly adding more mercenaries to your team and then um trying to figure out what's going on with your girlfriend what happened to her is she still alive is she not we don't know um so the cool thing about this uh is that it takes a very um you know eastern european approach to a lot of the gameplay like the way that you aim is definitely down the iron sights like there's a lot of injuries you can take um thankfully there are difficulty sliders but it can be a pretty brutal experience if you want it to be if you put it on easy it's pretty easy 
Uh, your teammates that you have, who are these Russian mercenaries, they are your skill tree. And in one of the coolest fucking things I've ever seen in a fucking game ever, I give 10 out of 10 cool points to Chernobylite for this. Whoa. You learn skills from the people who are with you. You don't just pick them out of the air. You weren't, they're not in your DNA. It's not magic, right? So you talk to this guy and you're like, hey, Alexi or Piotr or whatever the fuck his name is. Like, hey, you're an old soldier. Can you teach me some, some skills? And he's like, yeah, okay, cool. He, <laughs> you, you choose what skill you want to learn. And for me, I picked, like, I think do 25% more damage with guns. He takes you out back of your fucking hangout and he's like, I set up some glass bottles. Please shoot these bottles and cool. practice the fucking skills that I'm teaching you right now. That's I'm like, awesome. oh my god. Mind fucking blown, dude. You literally had to go with the guy, learn the skill from the guy who knew. You had to practice the fucking skill, and based on how you did, that determined whether you got the skill or not. I was like, <laughs> it's so obvious. Right. It's like, why didn't anybody do this before? Because it was fucking awesome. I Wait, loved it. So it's a pass-fail type thing, though. You don't like get certain amount of points if you do better. It's You just get them or you don't. Well, I mean... Not to humble brag or anything, but I got 100% every time I tried it because oh, I was just such good. a good shooter. Not trying to humble brag, but I didn't fail it, so I don't know what happens when you fail, but it is possible to fail. So I'm assuming if you fail it, he either doesn't teach you the skill or maybe you get less of the skill or something. Right, right, right. Sure. No, but it sounds that was, like, yeah. by the way, Go. real quick, it sounds like um, Stalker mixed with State of Decay. A little bit, yes, a little bit. Because you do have that base, you're saying, like, and you build it up. That's kind of cool. Yeah, and the other thing that's really fucking cool about this, the thing that I thought was just great um, and I didn't expect was, like, you're at your base. Um, How you maintain your base really has an effect on your guys. Like, are they getting enough to eat? Are they well-rested? Are they sick? Whatever, are they cold? Uh, And then you have a mission board. You can see your goal from your window, but you can't just go straight for it because you don't have enough resources. You don't have the best guns. Like, you don't have... You know, the stuff that you're probably going to need when you lead an assault on this thing. So what you do is you go to your map and there's a bunch of missions there and you dispatch your guys to go do this stuff. So, like, let's say, for example, the guy who is your buddy who taught you how to shoot, if he's feeling healthy that day, you can be like, "Okay, I need you to go get me some bullets because we're running low on bullets. He'll go off and do that mission all by himself. He just goes and does it. And whatever missions left, you choose for yourself. So you can you know whatever one you want to do, you pick the one you want to do. You go and do it, and then your success on that mission is solely based on how well do you shoot? Are you sneaky? Are you not getting caught? Like It's all about you actually doing the gameplay. You come back to your base, and then they either pass or fail. They succeed or fail. You succeed or fail, and you come back, and is everybody healthy? Did anybody get injured that day? Is anybody sick? You kind of just get up and do it again the next day. It's fucking cool. Like I really, really like the structure of this game. Really, really cool. Yeah, it reminds me of State of Decay because you do some of those same types of things, and actually... The thing I didn't mention in Far Cry 6 is there's like many missions like that where you can send people you recruited out on missions and you never yeah. see them do it. You know, they just come back, but you're making choices for what they should do. When exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I like that mechanic. I'm going to play this cool. game. I think you should play this game. I think this seems to me like a very Carlos game. I will tell you, though. Uh, so a couple things. So you have to be careful. This is an Eastern European game, right? And they view game development differently than we do in the West. That's just a thing. Um, so this has all the trappings of an Eastern European game. One of those being you can send your people out. If that person dies, you lose access to that entire skill tree because that person died. He's not around to teach you the skills anymore. Right. So it's like you got to be really careful about who you send these missions, these guys on these missions to. Right. Like don't send them on something if they've got a really poor chance of success. If they're feeling weak that day, they're sick, they haven't eaten. Leave them at home. Leave them at the base because you want to keep those skills around. Don't send them out to die. And if they die. Um, as far as I know, that's it. But I have heard there's a way to bring them back once you get further in the game. I didn't get that far yet, but I have heard it's not 
it, they're not dead dead, but you definitely don't want to be fucking your, your buddies over like that. And I think it really plays in the morale system too, where if they feel like you're a shitty commander, they're going to be like way less inclined to want to go on missions for you and stuff like that. So that's yeah. really cool. Um, I will say also just in a, a, a separate note, uh, I have been hearing people say that it's been buggy. I didn't have that issue when I played it. I played it on the Xbox X. Um, I auto saving worked manual saving worked. I didn't have any problems with it, but people have told me that they have had problems. And, uh, one buddy from Twitter said that he lost a save to corruption. So I, I, that didn't happen to me. I am passing that on, but word on the street is it's a little bit buggy. So be careful, be cautious. Although there's only so much you can do. Like, I mean, if your save corrupts, I mean, you're shit yeah. out of luck, yeah, yeah. but I have heard of patches on the way. So maybe hang on for a little bit longer. See if that patch fixes things. But uh, my experience with Chernobylite was super positive. I thought it was really neat, like way more interesting than I thought it was going to be. I really got into working with my buddies and the kind of like, I don't know, survival tone. And like it was all just kind of very um, brutal in a certain way and just kind of uh, realistic in a certain way. Like I just I thought it had a really good feel, really good showing from these developers. I think this is a neat, neat game. This might be the game that pulls me away from Far Cry 6 and Yara. I might go Give into this shot. world. Give it a shot. Check it out. Um, 25 characters of a code. What is that? Xbox? Is that Xbox? That's probably Xbox, yeah. Okay, I think I have a code then. Okay. So I will check it out, and that sounds really cool. All right. Excellent, excellent. And with that, ending strong, that's also going to end the show. Uh, yeah, it's been a good show. We covered a lot of ground and now it is time to go upstairs and make some dinner. Carlos. Yes. dinner. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, let's see. What should we do? Let's ask for emails. So podcast at gmail.com. Uh, we're also on Twitter. Hit us up on Twitter at so video games. We're also on TikTok. It's so video games podcast on TikTok. Uh, aside from all that stuff, you can also reach us individually. Uh, Carlos, where do you want to direct your traffic this week? Uh, Carlos Rodella on TikTok. That's it. All right. As for me on Instagram, on Twitter, it's my name, B-R-A-D-G-A-L-L-A-W-A-Y, all A's, no O's. And that is going to do it for episode 255. Thank you, folks, again for joining us here on the Soviet Games Podcast, and we'll see you next Friday. But in the meantime, this is Bye from Brad. And Bye from Carlos. And there's going to be some TikTok videos uh, of this episode, so go check it out on Soviet Games Podcast, TikTok. Bye.